0: You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples.
1: Um, you know, I, I like things
0: a certain way, and mornings like this just grate me with, with the technology. Actually, it was great until a few minutes ago. You did great, Dory, even. Yeah. But you're, I look over her, I'm like, you did nothing wrong. I got the notes wrong, but I told her to make fun of me, and she did a pretty good job of it. Um but, I, you know, I like my chair a certain way. I tell my kids, if you're going to sit in my chair, at least fix the blanket before you leave so that it's where I want it to be when I get there. I like my coffee exactly the same in the morning. Oh, I like everything, actually. You know, we, we tend to get stuck in our ways. Well, some of us <laughs> tend to get stuck in our ways as we age. My wife is not that way. She's up for an adventure and up for trying new things, and she'll make— the, the same type of meal a completely different way and I'm like why don't you just make it the way you used to I really liked it but she likes to explore she's she's an adventurer um, the last two weeks they've been a, a challenge for me my wife is on her way back from Uganda her and Julia Ryder are on the way back from um, being over there with Kayla our missionary in Uganda and they had a really good trip and she'll talk probably about it a little bit next week um, but I've had to cook a lot and make lunches a lot and do all kinds of things and yeah I needed a thumbs up <laughs> um but it's just it takes me outside of my routine um and so it's been it's been really tough so I am extra thankful that she is on her way back um but we we tend to get stuck in our in our ways as we age and even in in Christianity and in faith we can we can oftentimes come to think of faith think of Christianity as beliefs that we agree with and you just have to agree with it like that's the way it is and that's just what I have what I have to believe and there there is some truth to that but I'm going to hit on that a little bit today you know it seems it seems like we as a society we as a culture we as a nation I'll speak for our nation because this is the one that I reside in are more polarized than ever does it seem like that to you or is it just me it seems like we could disagree about everything it seems like there's there's words that when we say those words it just shuts down the conversation or or it just it becomes something becomes something we could say words like donald trump or words like joe biden and they just elicit and and so many of us you know a, a, a response and we tend to not be able to talk to one another at least it seems in culture that people aren't able to talk about things that we're not able to disagree and I want I want to look to the scriptures uh, for that thought you know I have a I I if you come into my house and as as you're walking out the door I have a a bookshelf I'm gonna I I thought I would never say this publicly (laughs) but some of you know about it I call it I have a, a heresy shelf I call it there's, there's a whole row of books that have been labeled heresy by somebody, and I just put them all right there for at eye level for people to see as, as they walk out. And and there's also two bobbleheads on there. I have a Barack Obama bobble, bobblehead and a George W. Bush bobblehead because I think I like them standing next to each other. They're friendly <laughs> on, on my shelf. And I just like to stir the pot a little bit, if you haven't noticed. Um, but, yeah, I, I have a heresy shelf. There. Uh, we, we tend to disagree about a lot of things. Um, I want to I look at John chapter 3. Maybe Does the screen work at least? John chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 1. And look at, um, I'm actually going to read through everything that the Bible has to say about a man named Nicodemus. And I've been interested in, in this man recently. And it begins in, in John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus a Jewish religious leader who was a pharisee. Nicodemus was an expert on God. He was an expert on religion. He's an he is the expert on Judaism. He is the teacher of teachers. He is the most knowledgeable person in his day expected to be or thought to be or everybody looked to him as the most knowledgeable person about who God is and how to connect with him. And in this in this chapter Nicodemus he risks his status he risks his position uh, by coming to see Jesus and it says in in John chapter 3 there was a man named Nicodemus a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee after dark one evening very strategic make sure people are in their homes after dark one evening Nicodemus he came to speak with Jesus rabbi he said we all know That God has sent you to teach us this is a, a humbling encounter for Nicodemus it's a risky encounter Nicodemus is the teacher of teachers in in his society in his culture and he refers to Jesus as rabbi as teacher Jesus who has no formal training has no formal qualifications who the religious leaders had ostracized, or the religious leaders considered a nuisance or even a heretic, the teacher of teachers comes and he says, Rabbi, to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. You see, Nicodemus is saying, I I see your actions and I see the outcomes of your teaching but he's struggling with the substance of Jesus' teaching. He sees the effect of Jesus' teaching. He sees the miracles and he and he sees what Jesus does and he sees the effect that it has on people. But in his mind, it, it doesn't go with with it doesn't go with the teaching that he has because it's different than what he's been teaching. It's different than what's been taught to him. Nicodemus is struggling with Jesus' message, but Jesus' message is confronting Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, he has the courage to ask the question that would violate all the answers that he already has. See, so Nicodemus has come to Jesus and he's asking him a question. And I think Je- Nicodemus is open to a different way of seeing reality. He's open to being challenged, you know, by some estimates. And I have this there on your notes. Jesus asks over 300 questions in, in the New Testament and Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus asks over 300 questions. He is asked 163 questions, and he only directly answers three of them. (laughs) He often will answer a question with a question as he's trying to get you to think, trying to get you to acknowledge, trying to get you to say what you already know, what you already feel, what you're already sensing. And so Nicodemus comes, and and he doesn't put it in the form of a a question as a question mark at the end of the sentence, but he's saying, I see the outcomes, I see the miracles, I see what's happening. But the question at the heart of Nicodemus' statement is, I don't get it. <laughs> Who are you? Your teaching doesn't line up with my teaching. And Jesus doesn't say anything about the miracles. He goes a completely different direction and addresses what Nicodemus is really after, like Jesus does. John chapter 3, 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The phrasing that Jesus says here, unless, unless one is born again, or it's it's actually better translated, born from above, you can't even see what I'm talking about. You can't even perceive what I'm teaching. Nicodemus is confused because everything that he understands about reality exists in the material world, but Jesus t- Jesus shifts the conversation. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Very practical. (laughs) Can he enter a second time into his mother's room and be born? I don't think he's actually asking that question. I think he's like confused and he's like, this doesn't make what you're saying, Jesus, doesn't make any sense. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you did not believe, how can you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? You see, for for Nicodemus, and even for the general population at that time, for for Judaism, they both knew that... My my notes don't make any sense. (laughs) They both knew that being born into the right family was what mattered, having the right pedigree, being of the tribe of Israel, being of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew that's what got them into the conversation. That's what got them into the temple. That's what got them into their place. And, and Jesus is saying, you need to be born again, as if that that birth doesn't even really count for anything, which is completely challenging Nicodemus' is thinking. You see, our lives should be proof of our birth if you're if you're standing here in front of me or or sitting here in front of me or me standing in front of you i don't have to prove to you that i was born we all kind of accept that right we don't have to prove that we were born our birth certificates are almost meaningless except for a a few times throughout our lives we require a birth certificate but we don't frame our birth certificate and put it on the wall does anybody have their birth certificate framed on the wall make sure I'm not making fun of anybody Brad kind of put his hand up I think <laughs> we don't we don't need to prove that we were born because it's it's known and I think what Jesus is saying here is you have to be born of spirit meaning you we should be able to tell that you've been born again just by looking at you just by being around you does your life testify to the fact that you've been born again does your life testify to the fact that you've been born from above, that you have, have come into contact with our Lord and Savior Jesus and, and invited him into your life and received the Holy Spirit? Does your life testify to that? Or do you need to constantly be pointing to a decision that was made at one point in the past? And our testimony is so important. Our testimony is, so, is, is such a necessary event, and it's a good thing to share with others. But if all we can do is point to a single decision in our life, and our lives don't change, then it's like framing our birth certificate and saying, see, this proves I was born. Because we, our lives should testify to the fact that we are alive. Our lives should testify to the fact that we are changed. Our lives should testify to the fact that we are connected to the creator of the universe and he is in us and he is working in us and he is massaging and and highlighting and saying, you gotta work on this and you gotta deal with this and you gotta grow in this area. That's that's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks and going to be talking about for a little while is is we want to mature, we want to grow, we want to question, we want to challenge our, our ideas and our thoughts and say, do we have it all figured out or can we learn? Can we continue to learn? The words wind and spirit throughout Scripture are almost... Not completely, but almost interchangeable. They come from the same Hebrew word or the same Greek word. Even here, when when Jesus is talking about being born of the Spirit, or he talks about the wind blowing wherever it's going to blow, it's the same root word. I mean, it it carries some of the same idea with it. And I have this this quote, I think I have it on your notes, where N.T. Wright says, Opening the window and letting the breeze in can be very inconvenient especially for the Nicodemuses of this world who suppose they have got things tidied up, labeled, and sorted into neat piles. Opening up your life and letting the Holy Spirit in can be very inconvenient, <laughs> especially if you like things the way you like them, and you're very comfortable with where you are, asking God to come in and say, highlight what you want to highlight, deal with what you want to deal with, show me what I, what I need to work on, Can be very uncomfortable. And I and I think that's what Jesus is inviting Nicodemus into, and I think that's what Jesus invites all of us into all the time, is to be inconvenienced, (laughs) is to be challenged, is to think, is to question, is to not think that we have it all figured out, not think that we are all put together, think that we got it all, but be constantly be coming to God with questions, be constantly coming to each other ready to learn ready to be challenged ready to think differently we see that in 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 the interactions throughout scripture with with jesus the holy spirit he will mess with our ways he will mess with our thinking in john chapter 7 we pick up nicodemus's story says so there was a division among the people over him speaking of jesus some of them wanted to arrest him but no one laid hands on him the officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? They, they had sent some people out and they didn't arrest Jesus at this time. The officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. They're saying, we, we heard what he's saying. No one has ever spoken like that. It's challenging the way that we're thinking. And the Pharisees answered them, have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd does not know the, does not know the law is a curse. Nicodemus, Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, said to them, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and without learning what he does? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Okay, there's a lot going on here. They send some people to go, to go observe Jesus, to go arrest him, to go condemn him. And they come back and they say, have you heard his teaching? His teaching is challenging us. His teaching is sparking something in us. And the, and the religious leaders here, they say, are you ignorant as well? well don't you know the law? There, has, one of the, has even one of the Pharisees followed him? And Nicodemus kind of says, um, doesn't the law say that we, sh- we should uh, question somebody or have a, what is it, how does it put it? We should have a hearing before we decide whether or not to make a judgment. And they say to him, "Don't you know that not even a, that no prophet comes from Galilee?" Which I think is, is funny because Hosea, Hosea and Jonah are both prophets in the Old Testament. They come from Galilee. <laughs> and so the the, the the people who have all the answers, the people who are very secure in what they believe and are and are very stri- stringent, they're getting it wrong left and right. <laughs> And they're accusing others and, not, and, 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 and judging others without even making great assumptions themselves. Say, no prophet arises from Galilee when that's not even true. You know, who is the ignorant one here? The one who, with the questions, or the one who thinks they have all the answers? We come to John chapter 19. This is the, the last passage that, that deals with Nicodemus. It says, after these things, Jesus has been crucified. And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who had earlier come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen clothes with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Nicodemus was a teacher of teachers, and I I wonder what led Nicodemus to challenge all of his assumptions, to shelve all of his answers, and to come to Jesus, and to speak up for Jesus, and to, at the end of the day, assist in burying Jesus what in nicodemus allowed him to 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 be to be challenged to think differently i'm challenged by that you know as i have studied and as, as i've grown and as i've as i said earlier become become set in my ways i think i know what i know <laughs> my, my father-in-law used to say we know what we know and oftentimes we know what we don't know what scares me is what I don't know that I don't know (laughs) and I said can you say that again (laughs) he's like we don't usually get in trouble with what we know we don't really get in trouble when we know what we don't know but when we don't know what we don't know that's where we get in trouble (laughs) and I'm challenged to always be wondering what don't I know (laughs) what am I not seeing what am I not perceiving? What am I not understanding? I, I've I've been challenged recently in, in the area of, of empathy for for people and for people situations. I'm I'm reading a book right now. It's a really, a really tough book to read. It's it's by Rachel Den Hollander. It's called What Is a Girl Worth? And Rachel Den Hollander is a lawyer who came out um and exposed um, the sexual abuse that happened with um Larry Nasser about seven years ago who was a, a doctor with the USA Gymnastics. And, and she led that whole trial and that, that whole um, event. And she's writing a book titled, What Is a Girl Worth?, and giving her story. And I'm listening to her story of being, an, being abused and not having people believe her. And having to, to, to go through life and questioning and how that impacted every interaction that she had in her life. The, the, the things that happened to her affected Everything in her, in her life, and she tells stories of being in in various churches and, and and places where where she was questioned and said, "Well, did it really happen that way?" Or all these things. And we've heard those kind of stories before. But as as I'm reading it, I'm first of all I'm just feeling awful as a male because men can just be so terrible. But I'm I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, how how am I approachable? Am I do i do i really see people do i prejudge do i think i know the story do and i and i I like to think that i do okay and i hope that i'm decent at at this but i'm I'm challenging this level of of really seeing people and hearing people and understanding like what is your perspective and what is your story and how has it impacted you? Instead of hearing maybe something that is a little off in their story and saying, well, that's not actually right or that's not actually what the Bible says or you really shouldn't th- think that way. Instead, asking questions like Jesus did. Uh, the, uh, we have said it before, the students, they tend to get frustrated with me because when they ask a question, I answer it with a question and they say, will you just give us the answer? <laughs> And I want them to, to discover it for themselves or to even challenge the way that they're even thinking about the way that they pose the question. Because That's what I see Jesus doing is he challenges us to think because ultimately Jesus says, it's better for you that I go that the Holy Spirit will come and he will lead you into all truth and he will guide you and he will help you to remember and will convict the world of sins and all those things. Ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do the work in each and every one of us. Not me and not you, but we 're partnering with the Holy Spirit and so, if we can listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying in somebody's in somebody 's question and not be quick to give an answer, but to say, "Well what are you really asking or why why are you asking that or what makes you feel that way or or th- those type of things, I think we can get a lot farther along and i've i've been challenged in, and and I, I was having a conversation with a couple of guys last week talking about how um, in the New Testament and, and in the life of Jesus and in the teachings of Paul, Jesus and Paul and, and the New Testament writers are constantly tearing down things that divide us. And we're, we're familiar with the passage of neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. Basically, he's highlighting the things that we use to commonly separate us. They're saying in Jesus, those things are our moot. And it's not that there's no such thing as male and female. We all know that. We're very clear on that but those things don't divide us they don't they don't show show they don't show val- difference in value and how in the new testament we see in jesus constantly challenging norms to to show that all people god is drawing all people to himself are we seeing all people or are we just seeing the people that we want to see are we expecting god to do a work in all people i'm I'm preparing the the momentum students to go down to washington dc in a couple weeks and we're just going over basic questions this week i was asking the three branches of government and what is the difference in the house and the senate and my my fifth grader abel was putting him to shame it was great (laughs) although he just learned it so (laughs) yeah it's like are you smarter than a fifth grader kind of thing was happening in the room Um, but i i said okay who are who's our representative lee stefanik who's our senators and nobody could actually answer that question. Uh, hopefully, you can. Uh, but I said, you know, we're going to go into whether we're going to go into at least she's Republican. We're going to go into Chuck Schumer's office. He's he's a Democrat. And wh- when we go in there, are you open to the fact that God is reaching for that person and leading them, no matter what side of the aisle they're on? Do, are you are you praying for their for them? Are, are you interceding for them? Are you believing that all things are possible in them? And we're going we're gonna to walk that out as, as a team and going down to D.C. And this is, this is what I've been, been challenging is, is the things that divide us, the things that separate us, are we able to put those aside and ask questions and be ready to be challenged like Nicodemus was challenged? We do assent to truth. Truth does matter. But as Jesus tells us, I, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Truth is ultimately a person. Truth is our creator. Truth is our our God. And sometimes we can get so caught up with having the right truth statement that we're not focusing on the truth person and letting the truth shape us and inform us and challenge us. We want to think different. John chapter 12, verse 32, when I am lifted up from the earth, I referenced this a few minutes ago, I will draw everyone to myself. The entire new testament invites us to think different to be different to lead different Uh, the momentum video last week greg referenced matthew 20 25 says jesus called the called them together and said you know that the rulers in this world lord over people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them but among you it will be different whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant whoever wants to be the first among you must Become your slave for even the Son of Man who came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the expectation that we have of each other and of our, our leaders and of all of us as we lead, because all of us lead in some capacity. All of us are leaders in some realm and are invited to lead in more realms. As as we lead our families, as we lead our classrooms, as we lead each other, as we lead ourselves as we lead our small groups, as we lead our teams, as as all the ways in which we are leading people, Jesus says, among you, it will be different that we don't lord over people, but we come as a servant, as a slave even. Among you, it will be different. I often wonder what drew people to Jesus. Jesus. Because the people that draw close to Jesus are the ones who have the most shame and the most baggage and the most hurt and the most pain, and yet they're the ones who are right there at his feet. What in Jesus made them feel comfortable? And how can I get some of that? (laughs) How will we be different? I invite you to, to stand with me, Doris, and I come up in just a minute. I hope you're you're challenged a little bit by by Nicodemus being willing to be challenged, being willing to think differently, being willing to question. And it's not that we don't have the answer. It's not that there aren't answers, but sometimes we need to challenge the way that we are thinking, and the way that we are moving, and the way that we are assuming. And allow the Holy Spirit and God and the scriptures and each other to challenge us and to lead us to be
1: different. The great word today about um, challenging our thinking. I think um, Justin is one of those people in my life that challenges how I think often. Um when I have questions about anything in the Bible, I'm like, "Hey, Justin, what are your thoughts?" But then he does the same thing. Then he does the unto kids. He goes, "Well, what do you think?" And I'm like, "No, I just want you to easily tell me because I feel like you read so much." And he does. He dives in and he um, he really uh, I don't know what the word is. He just dives into other theologies, other um, teachings, and even if it doesn't go along with what he believes or what he teaches, um, which is amazing. Back in the day, I remember um, somebody telling us, and I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Pastor Adam Avery or who it was, but it, they said, um, "Tell others about Jesus with your. But if if necessary, you can use words. But it really should be with your life. Let them see you and how you treat others, and how you." Um, interact with other people, that should be the testimony of Christ. Not necessarily our words because those can also be very uh, empty in our society, right? But if we can show Jesus through our lives and how we um, interact with others, that's such a huge, huge testimony of God. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. Love on others. Be Christ to those. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.